word. How many came to get a word this morning from God? Amen. I want to continue this morning on relationships, and I want to talk about how how uh, I kind of want to piggyback off of last week. I had didn't have any intentions this week of of continuing on this, but I I kind of during the week was praying and. And I thought, man, I don't want to get rid of my garden yet. And I put a lot of work into it. So I, it's still here. Now, how many noticed that it's, it's even prettier than it was last week? The flowers have even bloomed a little more. And, of course, they're small. So you, but just trust me. Amen. They're, it looks better. And I said last week that if I didn't take care of it, it would die. Right? And so it has actually flourished like I hope our relationships are flourishing. I still have my beautiful fountain here from last week. I and mean, it's still flowing. The water's flowing. Now I have a pail. Amen. I added to my garden this beautiful antique pail. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but it is here. Amen. And then I added over here my nice little waterer so I can water. So all week I've been in here watering my flowers. Okay. Anybody can do it. Isn't this nice? Oh, and I'm watering the altar as well. So I just got to make sure that I keep water on these things and beautiful spout. Lots of water. Too much water, maybe. But anyways, you get the point. So I'll put some in my bucket here. All right. So we're going to keep the relationship flourishing and strong. And I was using these lights during, for sunlight during the week. It worked out good. And last week, if you weren't here, we talked about building up a fence through offenses. And it was a fence or a wall or a barrier that we don't want in our lives. Okay? Just in case someone wasn't here, I don't want you to be totally lost. And, and last week was somebody offends me. And so I put up a fence in the relationship. Now, again, this is not marriage alone. This is friendships, family. This is coworkers. This is your relationship with God. Any kind of relationships. And I, and I said last week, as we were talking, I meant to say last week, that this was going to be great small group conversation. So I know the small groups are really good this week. I know ours was. And if you're not in a small group, ask somebody after as well. We're over there fellowship. we got talk about the rally, talk about the small group, okay? Don't just go home or just go eat somewhere else. Come learn some more about what we're doing. Amen? And get in a small group. Find out what night you can be involved because we're going to talk about this message during the week. And we're going to break it down, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to ask questions and, and learn more. But this is going to be more great uh, small group topics. But this week, I want to change the thought. If you look up there, it says relationships are hard. Right? They're hard. And they take work. Relationships take work. Any good relationship takes work, right? Any good marriage takes work. Any good friendship takes work. It doesn't happen automatically. You can't look at a garden like this and say, wow, that's, that, that's nice. must have just happened. Someone has to plant it. Someone has to garden it. Someone has to soil it. Someone has to water it. You have to take care of it, cultivate it. Same with relationships. You can't expect to have a good relationship if you don't put work in. So, but last week we were talking about how you build up those offenses until there's a fence totally built, and the, the problem with that is, is one person's on one side of the fence and one's on the other, and that fence is, is dividing you and separating you, and you're not having the relationship that, that God wants you to have, and sometimes it's even that way with him. But today, I want to kind of turn it around because I want to talk about boundaries. Now I want to talk about in relationships how you do need to put up fences sometimes to protect your relationships. Okay, to protect your relationship. How many, how many see the difference? So I know last week you told us to tear the fence down, and today you're telling us to put the fence up. What do you, are you, I, I, how many know it it's all makes sense? Okay, This is a different fence. We don't want the fence between us, but we want the fence to protect us. Okay, So we're going to get into that, but I'm, I'm going to be talking about this a little bit later. But here's, I'm going to give you one word. It's, it's actually two words, but it's one thing. It's kind of a divisive thing today, and it's kind of come into our society and caused some problems, and it's called cell phones. <laughs> cell phones. Because in the cell phones, we have social media. And in the social media, we have relationships. Relationships, right? How you can have a relationship in social media, I don't know, but we do. And today, we have Lots of people who, and this is just general. I'm not looking at nobody, not thinking nobody. This is just general across the board. We have lost touch with each other and don't really talk anymore because we've got too much time invested in our phones. Okay? And so I'm going to kind of lighten it up for a second because then I'm going to get hard again. In just a second, I'm going to make it. It's, I'm going to cut some wood this morning in some, in some relationships. Okay? But we're going to come out good. Amen? But I started thinking about phones 
and now we have to be careful with them. And I'm going to talk about that again in a second. But I have this newspaper. Does anybody know what a newspaper is, by the way? I know that's crazy. These things still exist, but they do. The funny paper, right? Some people are like, that's all I read in the newspaper. I'm going to read a few things to think about, okay, with the phones today, cell phones. And this is going to kind of date some of us, and this older people are going to laugh more. The younger people are going to stare at each other, okay? But here, here's a picture of what happens with phones. There's one thing on here. I can't, it's a picture, so I can't show it to you because it's small. But it's, it's, it's all these kids at a museum, and it says, the day at the art museum, and they're all on the bench on their phones. Right? They're at the art museum, but they're all on their phones. That's the picture of today, right? Going to a restaurant, and everybody's on their phones. Right? I mean, me and Carla purposely do not pull our phones out, right? When we go, on Mondays we have a special time, we go get breakfast together. We don't pull our phones out on purpose. Because if we do, we're going to be like the other people at the other tables. But they're, they're, they're eating together, but they're just staring at their phones. It's awkward. Amen? So in this, this guy says, when young people tell me about their problems, I like to tell them about my story about the time that I survived 40 years without a cell phone or the Internet. 40 years, right? That, that, that hits home to some people. Now, remember when you could call somebody 57 times in a row and hang up and they would never know who called them. Come on, somebody. Remember? Remember? Anybody, anybody in here use those things? Rotary phone? Y'all, some of y'all younger people are like, the world is he talking about? I don't even have a clue. We used to have to dial the phone. And it have to go click, 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 back. And then three. It was, it was long, okay? But then we could call. Someone could answer, and they'd be like, hello? And that's what we'd do. We'd laugh. And you could call 56 more times in a row and hang up again, and there was no caller ID. That was a good day. Who remembers waiting to call till after 7 p.m. to call long distance because it was cheaper? Huh? I just hit, I hit home right there with that one. Now, how many in here have a landline? Okay, there's a few rare people. Amen. Two? I think we have two. Again, landline. Two people out of the whole church. Okay, and that doesn't, that business, I know there's a reason for everything. When me and Carla move back, I'm like, we're not even getting a landline. We're just going to have cell phones. But here's why you need a landline. Because it's really called a cell phone finder. When you can't find your cell phone, you need a landline, right? Because if everybody lost their cell phone, how are you going to find the cell phone? Now, hear this. People are excited about the new iPhone that just came out, right? Everybody gets excited about the iPhone that comes out. But they haven't understood the awesome technology of using your blinker when you go down the freeway. All right. How many made plans before you came into this weekend? Did any of you guys have plans to go and stare at your phone this weekend? That's, that's what some people do. Like, who's, who's got plans to go stare at their phone this weekend? Because that's what they do. All right, here's a pretty busy day. I was real busy yesterday on Saturday. I was only able to check my phone 1,400 times. It was a busy day. Last one. I, I'll call it a smartphone the day I can yell, where's my phone? And it yells back at me, down here in the couch cushions. That's when the phone will be a smartphone. Can you say amen? All right. Let's go to Exodus chapter 19. And we're going to start off in verse 3 this morning. I want to read some verses here. Now, this is a picture. This is a picture. It's a very important picture. We've, we're, we're picturing again that this is our relationships and we're flourishing in them and they're godly and we want them to be godly. But this morning, we're going to look at a picture in this chapter of Exodus 19 of the rapture. Of the rapture. The rapture of the church, Greek harpasso, to be snatched out of danger, to be taken up. There is coming a day, church, and it could be today. Jesus is going to come back for his church. He's going to sound a trumpet, and we're going to be called up, 1 Thessalonians says, 1 Corinthians 15 says. We're going to meet the Lord in the air, and we're going to leave this earth. How many are ready to go up? I am, amen. How many are ready to see Jesus? 
Well, whether you're ready or not, here he comes. He's coming. And Exodus, I said this this morning, I've said this many times, I want, you, I want to remind you of this. The Old Testament is the New Testament, and the New Testament is the Old Testament. Okay? Now, for anybody that's new, let me say that again. This will help you understand the Bible. Some people say, I don't understand the Old Testament. I just read the New Testament. If you just read the New Testament, you can't understand the Old Testament. If you just read the Old Testament, the Old Testament will make sense because the Old Testament is pointing to the New Testament, and the New Testament is revealing the Old Testament. They work together. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So we're going to see that picture I just told you about that Jesus is coming. Look at somebody next to you and say, Jesus is coming. And it could be today. Some of y'all didn't say it. I'm going to give you another chance. Tell somebody around you, Jesus is coming, and it could be today. Is that the truth? We don't know. Could be today. Get ready. Got to be ready. And this is what this picture is, is in Exodus 19. Moses, so we're going to see a picture here, and I'm going to come break it down. Moses is talking to uh, God in verse 3. He goes up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Say to the house of Jacob and the children of Israel, for us today, say to the church of Victory World Outreach in Denton, Texas, and the children, my children, You've seen what I've done to the Egyptians, to the enemy, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, watch this. If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. How many know we have to obey what God says? Pastor Andrew mentioned at the offering about if we're disobedient, we're not going to have God's plan for our lives, God's blessings. He says, for all the earth is mine. Verse 6. And you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That, that's in 1 Peter. That he, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Say, he's talking to us. Verse 7, so Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all the words which the Lord had commanded him. Church, I'm your Moses today. I know I'm not as good as Moses, but I'm your Moses. I'm the, I'm the leader that God has put in your life because you chose to come here and I didn't drag you here. Amen. I'm your spiritual leader. I'm the pastor of this church. That's what a pastor is in the New Testament, is a Moses. Someone who's standing in between God and men and, and trying to help lead the people in the right direction. And just like Moses, I didn't choose this. God chose me. Amen. And when you answer the call, like Pastor Kirk did and Vanya, they're going to be starting a church soon in North Fort Worth. When you answer the call like Pastor Dylan did, that's, let me tell you something. Pastor Dylan is rocking in Tanzania, man. I am telling you what, you, you get ready for some serious news. I'm, it is blowing me away. I'm telling you. I just saw a video last night. It is unbelievable. I, I, you've seen videos already. He has been there five weeks. He already has a building. He had 50 people today. 50 people today in his fifth Sunday. They have a building. Did I say that? A big building that will probably fit like 300 people. I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous. Amen. You want to see your children do better. Amen. I'm not jealous that he got over there and all these doors opened him up. Amen. He's, God is moving. When you answer the call... God calls, you answer. Then you, but then you have to be held accountable. So I'm your Moses. So I'm going to speak to you this morning and try to help you in your relationships so that when the trumpet sounds, we can be ready. Because everybody wants to be ready when the trumpet sounds. And you might not know that, but trust me, you want to be ready when the trumpet sounds. And so let's keep reading. Verse 7, so Moses called all the elders of the people. Those are the people here today that are, that, are, that are in the Lord that have some experience. And laid before them all the words which the Lord had commanded him, verse 8. And all the people answered and said this. And I want you to say this with me. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Say that with me. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Can we do that one more time? All the word. Oh, I'm sorry, I messed it up. One, two, three. You did better than me. All. Whatever the Lord says, I'll do it. Because he calls the shots, and I want to be where he is. 
Okay? And so we obey his word. And so he says, all the, all, they say, we'll do it, Lord. So Moses brings back the words of the people to the Lord. And, and the Lord says to Moses, behold, I come to you in a thick cloud. That's a picture in the New Testament today of the presence of God. Okay? I, I come to you in a cloud. And that people may hear when I speak with you and, and believe you forever. How many know we need to be living a life that causes people to believe in God? Not turn away from God. So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. That's, that's what we're doing right here in this church setting. I'm just speaking what the Lord has put on my heart this week. And then the Lord said to Moses, verse 10, go to the people. This is key here. Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. Consecrate means set apart, sanctify, be different. Okay, we talked about that last a couple weeks ago, being the light of the world. We're, we're not in darkness now. God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So sanctify, consecrate yourself, set yourself apart. And we're going to get into that some more in a second. And he says, let them wash their clothes. Now, he's not talking about physical clothes. This is today for us spiritual. Let us keep our spiritual clothes clean. And let them be ready. There it is. Let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all people. Look, at it says, in the sight of all people. This is why I'm saying this is a picture of the rapture. Because in the rapture, Jesus is not going to touch the earth. He's going to come down in the sight, but we're going to go up to meet him. He's not going to touch the earth. That's good Bible theology, amen? And so it says here that he's going to come down, and then it says, you, but here's the key. He says, for on the third day, I'm going to come down in the sight of all the people. Now, here's the key for the message. You shall set bounds. Bounds in the Hebrew is borders, boundaries. That's why we're talking about boundaries in our relationships this morning. We need to set boundaries in our relationships. We need to put a, a, a protection around some things in our lives. How many are with me? So he says, take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base because whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. You know what that means for us today? If you don't listen to what I say, you're going to pay. It's the truth. Too many people today are trying to do things their way. Well, I just don't think that that's right. Well, who are you? Who am I? God's way. God's way. We go back to it, it says, all the Lord has spoken, we will do. Amen. Not, not just in the day we feel like it, but on our rebellious days too. On the days we wake up rebellious. Okay? Take heed to yourselves. Don't touch the mountain or you shall be put to death. Nor, not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow. What's well, serious? Whether man or beast, he shall not live. Watch this. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people, sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, again, be ready. Look at someone next to you and say, be ready. For the third day, do not come near your wives. Verse 16, then it came to pass on the third day in the morning, there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud. So all the people who were in the camp trembled. How many know we need to have a holy fear of God? And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain, and Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. In the end days, there'll be fire. Smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. The whole mountain quaked. There'll be earthquakes when Jesus comes back. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder. How many know the trumpet, although we haven't heard it yet, it's getting louder and louder. How many know when something gets closer, it gets louder and louder? Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. And watch this. The Lord came down upon Mount Sinai at the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. That's a picture. He says, go warn the people. Go warn the people. We, we need to be warned that, that God is a holy God. We need to know that God is, is, a, is looking for a church without spot or wrinkle, looking for a people who, who take his word seriously. Can I get an amen? And look at that last verse in 23. Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it. So today I want you to see a different picture. Today I want you to see a picture of saying, this is my garden. 
these are my relationships, but today I need to make sure that I protect. And I'm not going to put the whole fence up today for time or for visibility, but now we have to say that on this side of the fence is danger. On this side of the fence is spiritual warfare. On that side of the fence is is demonic activity. On that side of the fence is the, is the devil roaring like a lion and coming to destroy your, your relationships, God's relationships, God's way. And so we have to put up a barrier. We have to put up boundaries. The church needs more boundaries. As believers, we need more boundaries. We need, we need to be able to say, this is what God told me is wrong, and it's wrong. And some people might call it legalism. I call it Conviction. It's conviction. When, when the Holy Spirit says, don't do this, you say, yes, sir, because he knows why he's telling you not to do it. And there are some things that God could tell me not to do that would not be a problem for you and vice versa. But God told me not to do it, so I don't do it because it's something that would cause me to fall. And so I have to make sure I protect my relationships. Now, I want you to look at Hebrews 13, 17, and I want to teach you something important. Many of you have heard this before, but I want you to know something this morning. I just want to make it clear again in case you don't know. I'm here today to be your Moses, to preach the gospel to you, and to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. I'm not here to be your friend. Amen? Although I'm not trying to be your enemy. I'm here to be a leader, and try to live my life the best I can as an example and get you to heaven. All of us get to heaven. Isn't that our goal? To make heaven our home? And so in Hebrews 13, it says, obey those who rule over you. Now, I don't like, I know that word rule. Some of y'all just, oh, oh, ain't nobody ruling me. So, and, then, and then it gets even worse. And be submissive. All the wives are I talk about that in Ephesians. I don't like when they say be submissive, especially to my husband. No way. Those are words we don't like. But he says obey those who rule over you. And obviously when it's right, it's not a domineering ruling. It's a I want to help you. I want to get you to heaven. I want to I lead you. I want to I imitate Christ and you imitate me as I imitate Christ. And let's make, it, let's make this good. And it says because they watch out for your souls. They watch out for your souls. That's my job is to try to watch out for your soul. At those, as those who must give an account. So I got to give an account not only for my life, but I got to give an account for your lives and what I preach. And I have to, I have to preach what the Holy Spirit tells me to preach because I got to answer to him. Let them do so with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So there's, there's messages in our lives where, where sometimes God wants to come in and dig a little bit. He wants to come in and, 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 and touch some areas that are kind of sensitive to us. And, and when we start talking about our phones or we start talking about relationships, it's a little sensitive. Amen. It's, it's easier just to be like, nah, we don't want to talk. You know, there's so many things that are not talked about in church that need to be talked about. Because if we don't talk about it, your, 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 your people at school are going to talk about it. People at work are going to talk about it. We need to be, we need to be real. Say, let's keep it real. How many know we need to keep it real? So as we're looking at this, how many are still with me? I want to focus on something this morning. Kind of mentioned this Wednesday night, and I want to kind of hit it again, because I didn't get to preach Wednesday night. I had a message prepared, and there was just, a, just something going on Wednesday, and, and, and I, we, we just had everybody come forward, and we just bound the devil, and we just said, devil, no. And so I kind of I kind of have a had a picture Wednesday because and, and listen I want to say this it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't a, a spirit that was here that defeated us because we're not defeated it was just a sense of of an attack okay and this was a perfect lead in I didn't, I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was doing but it was a perfect lead in for today because it was an attack it was I just felt something I said I can't I can't preach this message everybody come up here and we're gonna pray and we just bound the devil and so what we did spiritually is I put up a wall to protect our church and said devil no you're not gonna touch our kids you're not gonna touch our marriages you're not gonna touch our finances you're not gonna touch our people get back devil in the name of Jesus because by his stripes I'm healed and the blood of Jesus is against you devil and you're not going to have my house. And when you get to the place where we say, no, devil, and not that saying where they say, not today, devil. How about never, devil? Never. No. You're not coming in here. 
This is God's house. These are God's people. Somebody has to put up a wall. Somebody has to say, look, this is the relationship garden. This is God's plan for us. And devil, you're not coming in here. Someone got to stand up. That's what we did Wednesday. That's why I feel so good in here today. Because we did some spiritual warfare Wednesday. And we won. Because we're always going to win. And so today we're dealing with some things because whenever you start talking about relationships, whoo, the devil get mad because he doesn't like good relationships. He likes problems and he likes strife and he likes anger and he likes division. And he likes all these things that, that divide and come against us. And so I want to talk at 2 Corinthians chapter 6 real quick. And I'm going to just be here for just a few minutes and we're going to finish up. But let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want to read something that's so, so important this morning. And I'm going to get back to the phones in just a second. Don't worry. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 11. Give me an amen when you get there. Look what he says. Oh, Corinthians. Oh, Corinthians. Oh, Dentonites. We have spoken, watch this, openly to you. Our heart is wide open. When we, when we talk about that being open, we need to be open books. Okay? Just correlate that with the phone for a second. In relationships and friendships, kids, and we should never have anything hidden. Come on, help me out here. No passwords. Passwords are, to, passwords are to keep bad people out, not people we love. Nothing hidden. Passwords to keep people who are going to try to steal our identity out. But the password is not to keep my wife out of my phone. Open book. And when I'm open, God can be open with me. And God wants us to be open. He wants us to talk about these things and fix these things. So he says, our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you're restricted by your own affections. So I'm not putting a restriction on you this morning. We're restricting ourselves. Now, in return for the same, I speak to you as children, be open. He says, be open. Now, here's the key. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Let me come over here on this side. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Amen. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, stay with me. Stay with me. Because we live in a world... We live in this world, and a lot of people, when they hear that, they want to go up on the mountain and live on the mountain and not be around anybody. That's not, that's not what he's saying. We're in this world to be light. You can't be light to the dark world if you're not in the dark world. We're in the dark world, but we're light. And I preached on that a couple weeks ago with the flashlight. If you miss Wednesday nights, get here on Wednesday nights. It's good, too. For what fellowship, what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? You know what a picture of that is? What, what, how does oil and water mix? Put oil and water in a can and watch that they will not go together. And what communion has light with darkness? Next verse. And what accord has Christ with Belial, which would mean anything of this world? Pagan, ungodly. How, how can we mix, I'm a believer, I'm with Jesus, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I love the Lord with anything that's ungodly. That's what he's saying. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Now watch this. Now as I'm reading this, some of you might begin to say, here or online or whatever you might, the Holy Spirit might begin to click the light bulb on for you. You might begin to say, oh, wow, maybe that's why my relationships aren't very good. Because I mix my relationships a lot of times with unbelievers. I mix my thoughts with unbelievers. I mix my life with, I, I, I kind of play both sides. And maybe this is why I don't have really good relationships. Maybe it's why I'm not healthy. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. What, is the temple this building? No, it's us. This is the temple right here. What, 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 what does my temple have to do 
with anything ungodly. And God says, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So he says, he says these, th- these two things don't mix. And, and I want you to know this morning that we have to be careful as believers if we're trying to make it and be ready when the rapture happens. Or be ready when we breathe our last breath. Because I gave an example in the first service. Just this week, two people that I know died instantly. Within seconds. Young. One of the ladies in our church, her mom, she talked to her mom at 11 o'clock at night. And 2 o'clock that next morning, she was gone. Three hours later, perfectly healthy of a massive heart attack, 58 years old. Perfectly healthy. No heart complications at all. Gone. She was a believer, thank God. But just like that, you go to sleep one night and the next morning, eternity. That's how fast Jesus is going to come back. I, I just found out that a, 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 a basketball acquaintance in Costa Rica just died in a car accident yesterday morning, 32 years old. Boom. We all know of people that die just like that. We can't get things right and together once, we, once it's over. Once it's over, it's over. We got to get things right now while we're alive. And, and, and we, we put ourselves in a position of danger when I mix my life together with things that are not godly. Because the church world in general is, uh, is too worldly. It's too worldly. We're too worldly. We're, we're being too much like the world instead of the world being like us. We need to separate ourselves not from the people but from what the people do. Not from the people but from how the people live. Not from the people, but from how the people think and function. This world is lost. And Jesus said, I need you to be light, but you can't be light if you're hiding out in the darkness with them. Because one person is always going to influence the other. You're either being influenced or you're being the influencer. There's always going to be a pull of influence when two people are together. Always, listen, let me say that again. There's always going to be a pull of influence when two people are together. Jesse, will you come up here this morning? And uh, I think Danny's working this morning. Let me see in the first service. Let me think here. I need someone a little bit um, vertically challenged. Actually, Dad, you come up here. He looked at me like, me? I'm like, yeah, you're the only dad I got. As far as I know. <laughs> Come over here. So, face that. You guys saw this in the first service? There you go. Eh, it's all right. Could have been better. There you go. It's all right. We still like that. So, they're not the same height. To be equally yoked would mean Jesse needs to grow a little bit. Just kidding. I'm just trying to keep it a little bit light. So a yoke is, is the thing that two animals have on their necks to plow. The plowing is the picture of, of, of our purpose. And the ground is a picture of our life. And so they're plowing, and we're plowing in life. We're trying to go somewhere, and all of our goal in our lives should be to go to heaven. And on that path, we should try to take everybody to heaven with us that we can. That's God's plan. And to be in fellowship and relationship with God along the way. But along the way, there's life. And, and in this life, the Bible says in this verse of 2 Corinthians 6.14 that people should not be unequally yoked. It is referencing, again, this is why I read Exodus 19, is referencing the Old Testament. And it's referencing the uh, Deuteronomy chapter 22, uh, somewhere around verse 20. Amen. And um, when you look at that verse, it says, do not plow an ox with a donkey, okay? And you go, what does that have to do with anything? It has to do a lot. Because oxes and donkeys aren't the same height. And oxes and donkeys are two totally different characters and two totally different animals, okay? I'm not calling either one of them a donkey or an ox, amen? And I'm not calling them animals. But I'm giving you the example how they're not equal. And so if they were treading the ground or plowing the ground and they started to walk this way and they're working, they have two totally different 
um, influences, two totally different purposes, two totally different thoughts, two totally different places they're going. And so at some point, they're going to begin to, one's going to begin to want to go one way, and the other one's going to begin to go the other way. But the problem is, is as long as they're yoked together, neither one of them are ever going to do anything good. Did you see that? This yoke right here is made by decision. Not in the animal world because they don't choose that. The people do. But in our example of why he said don't be unequally yoked, we choose that. Because I choose who I yoke up with. Now, in the animal world, check this out. The donkey goes along eating, and he eats everything he sees. There's nothing the donkey won't eat. Now, now he has his preferences, but along that plow, because how many know while they're plowing, they want, they're going to eat? Animals graze. You can see that right outside in our, our own land here. You see the cows out there, they're constantly grazing. They're constantly eating. And so the cow, the ox, the donkey, they all do the same thing. I might be an animal. I don't know, because as much as I like to eat. But as they're, as they're plowing, how many know if they're plowing, if they already eat anyways, when they're plowing, they're really going to eat because they're hungry because they've got to feed while they're working. So that donkey is eating everything he sees. But the ox is not because the ox only eats certain foods, certain plants. He's more picky. He doesn't just, watch this, he doesn't just eat anything. Sound, sound, sound like, see the picture? So donkey would be, in case no one caught it, the donkey would be the picture of an unbeliever. And the ox would be the picture of a believer because the believer chooses what he eats chooses the decisions he makes. The donkey just does it all because he doesn't know any different. But here's what's really crazy. I'll go walk one more, way, walk one, one, one more way time across and then we'll, we'll let you guys go down. They're, they're, that, this is okay now, but after a while it would get tiring. They'd get on each other's nerves. He said it's already tiring. They'd get on each other's nerves. They'd fight each other. They, they, again, the picture, thank you, the picture is that they would never get anything done productive because they're not supposed to be together. They're not supposed to be together. Now, here's the, watch this. They can be together in the field. They can graze together. Y'all getting this? They can graze in the same field. We all live in the same world. They can all, they can all be in the same field. We're all in the same field, but they can't be yoked together. So you say, how am I going to live in this world? You go graze. You go out and be in the world. You're in the world, but you don't eat what they eat. I'm not saying that in a legalistic thing. You know what I'm saying. You don't do what they do. And here's the thing about the donkey and the ox. It's very interesting. That donkey, after he start, keeps eating all this poisonous stuff and bad stuff, he gets bad, bad, horrible, toxic, dangerous breath. Bad. Broke my fountain. Because of all the stuff he's eating. And, and, and they still do this in third world countries. They'll put that, only have a dachshund and an donkey, they'll put them together. What will eventually happen is not only is this a physical example, it's a spiritual, what will eventually happen is that donkey's breath will kill the ox. It's so strong, it's so toxic, and that ox can't go nowhere because he has yoked himself to that donkey. You have tied yourself to that sin. You have tied yourself to that relationship. You have tied yourself to that decision. And if you don't take it off, you're, you're going to die. You're going to die. Now, I know, I know I'm going two different places here. Build the wall. Take the yoke off. It's separation. It's separation. If you don't separate it, you're going to die because sin is going to kill you. Darkness is going to overcome you. Because you're in a place you shouldn't be. Now getting back, and it's amazing how fast time flies when you're having fun. Getting back to the phone. Divorce Magazine says this. 30 to 40% of all divorces are connected to Facebook. 30 to 40% of all divorces are connected to Facebook. That's Facebook. That's not Instagram. That's not Twitter, Snapchat, whatever else is out there I don't know of. All these social media things on the phone. Eight out of ten lawyers say they can directly tie social media to the divorce they're doing on their paperwork. Eight out of ten. 
Am I picking on phones? No, I'm picking on how we unequally yoke ourselves with things that are not godly and relationships and inboxes and secret messages and, 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 not, and doing things hidden and not being open and, 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 and tying ourselves to things. And, and I, listen, I, I'm going to have to probably continue this and, and keep doing a series because I have so much to talk about that I can't get in in 30 minutes. But I'm going to leave you with a few thoughts, okay, this morning. And the first one is, you have got to be careful who you let around your relationships. Because this, this is your life. This is your eternity. And there's nothing in this world that should be so good that it would cause you to go to hell over. Nothing. So in this picture this morning of, of divorce and social media and being unequally yoked, there are doors that we open up that we've got to close. And if we've already opened up that door, we need to close it. it, it don't open it again. Close it and keep it closed. Protect your garden. Protect your relationships. But there's some things that you got to be really careful of. You got to be really careful who you associate yourself with. You got to be really careful who you run with because you're guilty by association. Bad company, Corinthians says, corrupts good judgment. You've got to be careful who, you, let, me, let me throw this out there. I know some people don't like this and it don't matter. Music is a humongous door. Humongous door. And I was talking to Pastor Kirk about this because everybody knows my personal, I don't listen to any secular music. That's my own personal conviction. I listen to worship all day long. Because, listen, I don't need any help. I don't need any help. I can do bad all by myself. I don't need help. And so I knew it was going to get quiet on this. And I didn't talk about it in the first service, so maybe this is the one that needs to hear it. Although I wanted to, I just couldn't get to it. Remember, I'm not here to be your friend. But let's just throw out the obvious the music that cusses and sex and murder and violence and all the bad stuff, that's, that's obvious. You should definitely not be listening to that garbage. That's a no-brainer. If you, if you listen to that, I don't even understand. Why would you put that garbage in your head as a believer? But let's go to the middle ground where it's just a, you know, it's kind of a decent song and, and maybe there's no sex or cuss words in it and it's kind of just a general song. It's just kind of an entertainment song. My question is, what does that person that you're listening to believe? What, what are their, are they an atheist? Are they, are they a pervert? Are they divorced? Are they, are they gay? Are they, I don't, I'm just throwing some, but what's that person that you're listening to that music that's so not bad? What, what's their life? Because you're tying yourself to what they believe when you listen to their words. So I don't need amens. It's the truth. You got to be careful what comes into these eyes. You got to be careful what comes into these ears. There's an old song that no one sings anymore. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Careful, little ears, what you hear. Right? Oh, that's old-fashioned. You're old-fashioned. Let me tell you something. The older I get, the more old-fashioned I get. I thank God for the, for the old-time preaching. Because we need some more old-time preaching today in this new generation. Amen? We need to get back to holiness. We need to get back to sanctification, consecration, and preaching sin. And you might say, hey, it's just, it's just, just be careful. Just be careful. Because the devil don't just come in overnight. He comes in little by little, and you give a little there, and then he waits a little bit. And then you give a little more, and he waits a little bit more, and you give a little, and all of a sudden you don't really realize you're, you're, you're on the outside looking in. How did I get here? Relationships. You're tied to music. You're tied to what you watch. There, there, there are things relationships outside of church you got to be careful who you talk to outside of church are they on the same page you are they, they have the same goals as you are you going the same place because a lot of people oh, you know, I talked to this one over there and they go to this church over there and they oh we're all one body of Christ let me tell you something there's a lot of weird beliefs out there you better be careful who you're listening to there's a lot of weird stuff out there that's why we're not perfect in our fellowship but we know what we believe and we've stood by it for a long time and so you got to be careful. You can graze together, but you can't yoke up together. Because once you put that yoke on, you say, I'm with you. 
and I believe like you do. And we're in this together. And that person is going to end up pulling you off. Because what, what, what are people that get married? And, and this was brought to my attention in the first, first message. If you married an unbeliever, you're married. Keep praying for him. Keep praying for him. Keep praying for that woman. Keep praying for that man that they'll get saved. But if you're not married, don't marry an unbeliever. Don't marry an unbeliever thinking that you're going to do a missionary gospel message on them and they're going to get saved. Because I know people who've been married 30 years and they still ain't got saved. So think about that. It's the same thing in friendships. It's the same thing in relationships. Don't tie yourself to somebody who does not believe the same way you believe. You can graze together, but don't yoke up together. Amen? The last thing I'll say as we bow our heads is the little foxes, Solomon 2.15 says, Song of Solomon, the little foxes spoil the vine. You know what he meant by that? It's not the big devouring, it's little tiny things, little little things we don't deal with. Little here, little there. Oh, I, I, that Facebook picture's okay. This image is okay. That that song's okay. This isn't that bad. And we just start we just start changing our conviction. I know I asked you to bow your heads, but look at me one more time because I forgot this example I wanted to use. We had this lady in our church for many years, and she was real faithful in our church. And she had come from a very promiscuous background, a very dark background. And she had done a lot of stuff in her life that she was not proud of. And she came in and got saved and changed and and was living for the Lord, and she's still living for the Lord. As far as I know, she doesn't come to this church anymore. But she she had convictions. And I remember her having convictions about tattoos. That I, that was my past. I'm not, I'm not going to get tattoos anymore. That was my past. I'm, I'm, that's not for me. And she had a conviction. But she met somebody who had different convictions. And one influenced the other. And that lady changed her conviction. Let me tell you something. It's a dangerous thing when you change a conviction. Because God doesn't change his convictions with you. If God has convicted you about something, stay with that conviction. Because he's not going to be like, oh, it's okay now. If he said it's bad, it's bad. And what you got to understand is... In things that are gray areas, because we like to hang around the gray areas. Well, the Bible doesn't say this, you know. The Bible doesn't say smoke. You know, you can't smoke. The Bible doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say that. And I don't believe smoking will send you to hell. Just make you smell like you've been there. Amen. But those gray areas, well, what about a couple drinks? What, what, uh, whatever gray areas there are, be careful with those. Because if the Holy Spirit convicts you and says that's not gray, it's not gray. It may be a gray area for somebody else. And then another area in someone's life might be a gray area for them, but it's not for you. But when the Holy Spirit convicts you about something, you listen and say, I can't tie myself to that. We need to be careful who we let into our houses. We need to be careful who we let into our relationships. My pastor taught me a bunch of years ago, and I thank God to this day for it. He said, don't ever let your kids spend the night in anybody else's house. He told me that 17 years ago. And I promise you, my daughters today are thankful for it. They weren't thankful at 10. They weren't thankful at 11. They weren't thankful at 12 when they'd get mad at us. Why not? Hey, get mad. But they're thankful today because they didn't go to somebody else's house and get molested. They didn't go to somebody else's house and get influenced. Watch and protect your kids. Now, if you've already missed on some of these things, guess what? Today's a new day. This isn't a, this isn't a condemnation message for your, your past mistakes because you can't unscramble scrambled eggs. If they're scrambled, they're scrambled. But you can, you can make something out of that. You can take the lemons and make lemonade. But I'm telling you that, that you can make some decisions. If you have young kids in here this morning, do not let your kids go spend the night at their houses. Open your house up. Let them come over. Hey, you want to ha- have a sleepover? They can come over here because we know what's going on in our house. We, don't, we know who's in our house. We know the boundaries we have in our house. We know the convictions we have in our house. This is things we don't watch. These are things we don't do. And if that stuff comes in, you say, hey, Jack, there's the door. Because that's not going to happen in my house. Come on, somebody. you got to put your foot down and make a boundary. Say you're not coming in here because this is my house. Over the years, my wife and I have had to protect our house, our house, our personal house. Whether it's here in Costa Rica, and when I don't mean the physical part of it, the spiritual part of it. 
We'll go, I'll, go, I'll go into the worst neighborhood in the world. I'll go into the, the, the poorest place, the dirtiest and the nastiest. But I'm not bringing just anybody into my house because I have to have a sanctuary. I have to have a place where I have peace. I have to have a place where my, I know my wife and my daughters are safe. And then we can go out and minister. But I, if you don't protect your house, you're lost. Because where do you go? And I, and, 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 I, and I don't say this in a mean way because a lot of times people, in a, in a helping way, allow people to come in. Listen, in-laws, outlaws, amen. Everybody you can think of, you let them come in in, in a good way. But if they're, if they're bringing something into your, if they're not equally yoked, they're bringing a spirit into your house. And that, that's going to affect the only sanctuary you have left because outside of your house you have no control. So we have protected our house, haven't we? We don't just let anybody in. We don't just let anybody come over. We, because that, we'll go meet you. But we got to make sure our house is protected. Because if I'm no good, I can't be no good to you. If I don't have a place that I can go get peace and get away from the trouble, what am I going to do? Are y'all here? Is this good preaching? We need boundaries. We need boundaries this morning. We got, we got to say, no, this is the line. And if you notice in that story, he told Moses, you set the boundaries. He didn't tell him where to put them. He said, you set the boundaries. And Moses put the boundary down and said, we'll do as the Lord has said. Don't let those convictions go, church. Pull them back in again. If you've slipped in some areas and you've kind of let some things go today, say, I'm, I'm getting back to that old conviction I used to have. I'm going to stop. I'm going to start doing. I'm, do, what you, do what you need to do to keep the peace of God in your life. Amen? And, and, and the joy of the Lord in your life. Let's bow our heads. I don't know if I got everything out or not. I thought there's a whole much more, whole bunch more, but I know the Holy Spirit's here. I did have some confirmation off my first message that some decisions were being made, and that's exciting because when the gospel's preached and it's preached in love and it's preached with authority and anointing, fruit comes out of it. Decisions come out of it. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I just bragged on Pastor Dylan and Ashley in Tanzania and the amazing work that they're doing. Nine years ago, they sat in my office living together, shacking up. And at that, listen closely as I say this. You keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm telling you how it is. At that day, that day they came to see me. They were on their, even though they were in church, they were on a, on a road to hell. They were living together. They were living in sin. They were fornicating. The Bible says fornication, fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of God. And they heard a message kind of like today, and they came and said, Pastor, we got, we got to get married. We're living together, and we're living in sin, and we can't live like this anymore. And the conviction came upon them, and, 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 and I told them that day, keep listening to me. I told them that day, if you're serious, then you're going to make serious decisions. If you're serious about this, then don't have sex again until you're married. Don't just tell me you want to change your life. Do it. Jesus told that woman that was caught in adultery, go and sin no more. He didn't say, I condone what you do. He said, go and sin no more. And so you have to draw a line in the sand. You have to say, I, if I came into this place and I've, and I've smoked dope or I've drank alcohol or I've got drunk or I've been living with somebody or I've, or I've fornicated or I've, or I've watched pornography or I've been in an unhealthy relationship or I'm, I'm in some dangerous relationship today, the Bible says the gospel hope and good news is today you can repent of that and you can change, but you got to put action to your decision. you got to put action to your decision. And they got up out of that place, and they stayed holy, even though they were living together. Couldn't fix their housing situation at that moment. It wasn't ideal. But they went out of that place and did not come together sexually again until they got married. And today they're pastors in Tanzania because they put things in order. But you got to put some boundaries up, and you got to say, listen, Jack, you're not touching my body. I'm, I'm waiting for marriage. Listen, devil. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, and that garbage ain't coming in my life, no matter how tempting it is. Jesus is coming. Jesus can come any day and any moment, and we've got to be ready.
We've got to be a church without spot or wrinkle. We've got to be watching and waiting. All over this place as you're here listening to the sound of my voice this morning and you're not saved and you don't know Jesus, you know if you've come to this church very long, we believe in getting people saved. If you've never said the sinner's prayer, if you've never bowed your, your, your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've never put faith in him, today's the day of your salvation. Today's the day. Today's the day. Say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. If you need Jesus today, you're here, and, and, and you, if you passed into eternity this morning, just like that woman who had a heart attack, immediately died and was gone. She didn't have a, she didn't have a breath to say anything. It was over. But she was ready. She knew Jesus. If you're here and you don't know him, Lift your hand and say, Pastor, would you remember me this morning? I need to be saved. Just put it up and put it down all over this place. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I want to be sure today. That's me. God bless you. I see your hand. How many more? I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm telling you, church, I, I don't have time to go into it. Eternity's forever. Jesus talked about hell 46 times in his own words. He talked about hell more than he did anything else because he doesn't want people to go there. Because he didn't make it for us. God does not want us to be in that place. He wants us to be with him. But he's a holy God and he says, I need you to do as I say. That's what repentance is. It says, God, I'm sorry for that and I'm going to stop doing it. I'm going to turn. I'm going to repent. I'm going to stop doing those things that I know are wrong. And I'm going to get my life right and God will help you. Because the most important relationship this morning is the one you have with God. Get that one right, all the other ones work out great. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. You've ran away. You knew the Lord at one time, but today you're not living for the Lord. You're, you're making bad decisions. You're, you're like the prodigal son. You've gone out and done your own thing. And today God says, I need you to come back to that relationship we had before. If that's you, just say, pray for me, Pastor. I need to reconcile today. I need to come back. Come back home. Amen. I see your hands. Amen. God sees your hands. God sees your hearts this morning. Amen. God bless you, brother. Amen. God bless you, friend. See your hand. Amen. Let's stand this morning just for a few minutes. I, I, I know this is a, a, a heavy, heavy message, but how many are okay with it? How many want that? How many want the truth? Amen. How many want to make it? You got, you, we, need, we need to work on these relationships. We, need to, we, need, we don't have it all together and we're not perfect, but I'm telling you, the world is trying to get in. We've got to put up a fence. We've got to protect that beautiful relationship we have with God. Amen. He didn't say, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers just to fill a sentence. He said it because he's a jealous God and he doesn't share his glory with anybody. Amen. If you need to reconcile this morning with the Lord, if you need to be saved this morning, if you raised your hand and you don't know if you'd go to heaven right now and you meant that and you're serious, I want to pray with you right now. I'm standing right here. I want you to come down to the altar quickly. If you raised your hand, you need to come quickly. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you. You need to reconcile with the Lord or be saved. Make a decision. Amen. Come on, all over this place. You need to make a decision. There's a couple more hands that went up. I'm just going to wait a second more. Just, just, I'm going to make it right today. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Let's give them a hand as they come. I want to be right. I want to be right. Amen. Today, we can say, Lord, you've convicted me. You've shown me. Today, I'm going to make some decisions. I'm going to set some things in the right direction, and he'll help you. It's not, it's not an overnight fix. But the forgiveness is immediate. It's immediate. Amen. Let's say a prayer all together all over this place. Just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, according to your word, I'm a sinner. And I fall short of your glory. And I need a savior. And I recognize this morning that I'm bound by my sin. And I'm headed to a destructive place of darkness because of my sin. But I also know you came down from heaven and died on the cross for my sins to take my place so I don't have to go there. Jesus, I thank you for taking my place on the cross, shedding your blood so that I can be clean this morning. I repent of my sins. I turn from my ways. I turn from my disobedience. And I turn to obedience. Jesus, I confess with my mouth 
that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, this morning, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Come into my life and change me. Transform me and make me the one you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a praise this morning for these decisions. As we begin to sing a song, just come to the altar and find a place. You that already came, find a place. Let's do a little bit of business with God this morning on our relationships. Whatever the Holy Spirit has spoke to you, make some decisions. Make some decisions.